Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, we are still talking about abundance. Uh, man, is it just not amazing to just see how much abundance we're just swimming in? We're just in this sea of abundance and all the different things that he has poured out on us. Uh, sometimes it's just how can I even breathe? It's just so good. It's just so good. It's just so good. And I'm going to be talking, well, from several different passages tonight. Um, but um, I'm starting out in John 14. Oh, there's the right ear. There it goes. Okay, there, there she goes. And there she goes. That's so fun. We are um we are on abundance and just all that has been afforded us and um I'm actually talking about um greater works the greater works will we do in uh John 14 I'm not going to read it quite yet but Jesus makes this astounding absolutely mind-blowing just just a statement hey yeah, you think I'm doing some things? Just wait and see what you're going to do. You're going to do greater ones. Like it's just um, something, but it's like completely earth shattering. And wait, wait a second. The the savior of the world, he's saying that we're going to do something greater than him. It's completely astonishing. But I want to start. Um, it's been this really cool journey um, that I've been on and you know, I've I was thinking a lot about the greater works, and you know, I think it's you know just my whole Christian journey. Um, you know, I would kind of just imagine what that would be like, you know, and then I I think of like the crazy, insane miracles, you know, and I'm like, oh God, what could be better than that? Like, what is what could be greater than that? Like, that's insanity. How can something be better? And you think about, you know, Lazarus being dead and raised to life after his stinky body, you know, like, that's insane. Like, how could it get any better than that? Like, you know, just what, how could that even, how could that be? I, I, trying to get my head around it and, you know, kind of just having fun and my spiritual uh, imagination, just thinking about different things and as I begin to pray about it, um, he gave me a different angle that I'm going to be talking from. And, um, you know, whenever, um, uh, I, I love to read in John 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all those are so good. But this is, you know, this is just uh, before Jesus is going to be crucified. And, and you can really get an idea of the things in his life that are so important for his disciples to get. Because, you know, I've, I've preached about it before, but, you know, it's kind of like if, if I knew that I was going to be dying, I would gather the people that were important to me and I would want to impart something to them. You know, can you, can you think of it? Like if you knew, Hey, you know, you have 96 hours left. That's four days. Just saying math, math people, you have four days and you know, I want to gather the people that I want to pass them something that has been something that my whole life has been about. It's what I've been, it's what I have really just wanted to impart to, to my people and that's how I look at those those last few chapters. You know, of course, the whole the whole book is that way. You know, he of course is giving his heart and the words of the Father and all that. But I just feel like it's just kind of a a different uh, a different oomph, if you will. That's just my own personal opinion. It's not that of the writer, but it's my own personal opinion. But I just really believe that. Um, I can just see Jesus, you know, mewling over it with Daddy God and, you know, really talking about, man, this is the last with them, and I really want you to give them my words. And so whenever I read those chapters, that's kind of the heart that I view it behind. And um, in John 14, it starts out by saying, 
Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Man, isn't that just beautiful? Don't you love that? That right there, if you've ever counted how many times that's in the Bible, and it always usually is coming right before they need to be afraid, typically. You know, he's like, listen, that may be a little snapshot. You better brace yourself because something's coming, and he's telling you this because you're going to need it. Uh, But I love it because he said, don't worry or surrender to your fear, for you believed in God Now trust and believe in me also. That right there is pretty astonishing to me because you would think that everything that they have been through with Jesus, that they would not have any any issues with faith in him. You know, like, I mean, that would feel like that was pretty solid. You know, if you're trusting anybody, that would be Jesus. You know, you've been walking with him. You've seen him do some insane stuff and you're trusting him, right? Because you've, you've seen the kind of life that he lives. You've seen all the stuff. You've seen him, man, all the stuff. You've seen all the miracles. So you would think that because they've seen what he is like, they've seen the works, but he doesn't say that. He says, for you believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. So he he wanted you to see first, because you believed in God, now you can actually believe in me, okay? My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, it's so funny. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. So how could we know the way there? Hold on a sec. I just got to pause for just one second. You would think that if Jesus said, hey, you already know the way, you'd be like, okay, yes, I know the way. But no, not not Thomas, no, not little Daddy Thomas. He's like, well, no, we don't, we don't know. What are you talking about? Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all that we need. And there we go again. Didn't Jesus just say it? Didn't he just say it? Jesus replied, but he's so kind, isn't he? Jesus is so kind. He's not like us. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am? How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles. Whose miracles? His miracles of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my Father, and that my Father lives as one with me, or at least, say, or at least, believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. The Savior of the world, he, this, think of that, think of, Jesus, the Son of God, was telling his disciples that because of the miracles that you've seen me do, this is how you can know who I am. This is how you know what the Father is like by the miracles I've done. His 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 authority was marked with power. The way that the way that everybody knew Jesus was somebody other than like anybody else was because he walked in authority and power because of the miracles that he performed. And isn't it crazy that the same miracles, you know, Jesus, Jesus expected for miracles to prove who he was. 
he he didn't get messed up that people actually needed to see a sign on who he was. You know, he didn't get messed up by that. A lot of times the church wants to be known as Christians, but they don't have any power. But Jesus didn't have any problem with saying, you'll know me because of my power. That's how you know I am who I say that I am. It's because I walk in power. He says, I tell you this truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with the Father. I want to just stop here for just one second. You know, Jesus, Jesus said, it's a timeless truth. Timeless. It's a timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Sometimes I think that we get really hung up on seeing miracles, that somehow it can really turn into a lot of times, what about me? Do I have enough faith? Do I have the right belief, somehow I can almost revert back to what do I have the ability to believe for instead of Jesus saying, well, no, actually, if you have faith in me, it has to be founded in the character of Jesus. I know, I know what your character is like. I know what you're like because I've seen the proof. I've seen you, you, you lived a life full of power, full of miracles, and that is the life that I'm to say, okay, because you did it and because you granted me your authority, then I have the rights to step out and live the same way. And, you know, we have to really get outside ourselves and being able to see that God has marked us as a people that carry his name carry his authority, carry his power, and he's wanting for us to live from that place where we are changing everywhere we go radically. So I had mentioned that he gave me just a little bit different angle from the same mighty miracles. And this is the take that I feel like he's showing me is that, you know, Jesus had a limited amount of time that he was going to be on the earth. He had a limited amount, but he knew that he was passing off the baton to his disciples, that then they were going to be the ones that um, they were the ones that would um, enact his father's kingdom on the earth. And so the greater the greater miracles was because he was he was vastly increasing himself. He was reproducing himself over and over and over again. And so just like Paul, just like Peter, just like James, they were a reproduction of him assigned to do the same miracles that he did. So it is that we've all been marked the same. And so now we actually carry the Jesus anointing just like they all did. We're not, we're not carrying something weaker or something less than. We're carrying the same authority, the same power that Jesus handed off the baton to his disciples. And so how, how the greater miracles is because we are supposed to be growing in our numbers. Jesus on earth is supposed to be growing by leaps and bounds. Your family line has a marking on it that God is wanting to see a Jesus people that will raise up their belief in their own family line and say, no more what the enemy has tried to give through my family lineage, but now I claim this for the kingdom of God, and that is going to be what we reproduce in my family line. And so he's asking, he, he's, he's saying, you know, I am going to give you the rights to do greater than me. I'm going to give you what I have embodied. I'm going to give you the keys for you to go and for you to do what I don't even have time to do. I don't have, I don't have the time because I'm now going up here, but I'm going to give you an extension of my life and I want you to use my life and I want you to keep extending the kingdom with it. 
Keep extending the kingdom. Keep extending the kingdom. Keep extending the kingdom. The kingdom is wanting to push out. And how you know that it is wanting to push out through you is that you know him as something. It's, we started out, we started out whenever I first came up here, that there is a way that you know him. There is a way that you have seen him. And whenever you focus on that, whenever you think about that, you may not have a whole lot of faith yet to do a whole lot, but you have some faith. You've got some. And so whenever you begin to look at that dot and you think, man, I know what God did for me there. I saw him move and I know he'll do it again. And so then you start looking outward. You start looking for people. Hold on. I know you have something. I remember whenever I needed that and I have that to give to you. And you start imparting that to that person. You start imparting it to that person. You start imparting it to that person. And that's how the kingdom of God begins to get pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And it's through you. You may not know. You may not know how. I mean, face it, none of us have raised the dead yet. We haven't. We haven't done that yet. I'm wanting to do that. And I believe, and I believe that is ours to do. But I don't want to sit back and think that because I can't do, maybe, or not that I can't do, but because I haven't done yet, that, that I don't have this great authority because I haven't seen it yet. And I almost think that we can that we can operate from a place of lack when we think that we ha- what we haven't done instead of really thinking about what have, what have we seen him do? And he will honor what you put your time and what you put your attention to. He'll honor it. It goes one way, it goes both ways. He honors it when you faithfully put it in pursuing him, pursuing the things of him, pursue giving out the things of God to others. He will honor that. But the same way that if you give all of your time to fear and worry and anxiousness, that time gets honored as well. It gets honored as well. It gets honored. And so Jesus is saying, now listen, I want you to do greater miracles. It's really important. I'm going to read some scriptures that talk about how important it is. But number one, before that, he talked about it. It's in, it's in your oneness with the Father. Jesus said, um, And and six said, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father. Next to the Father. The Father is the destination. The Father is the destination. Your, your, Your most ardent desires to even be a healer, to see God move on the earth. Number one, first and foremost, is what is your intimacy like with the Father? You know, it's really an astonishing story. If you read in, uh, I wasn't going to read this, but in Matthew 7, um, there's this, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. That new, that new is the same, it's the same new that he said in, um, in verse seven. Let me go back to it. Let me, let me read this. It said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then seven, it says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and you have seen him. That known and the known before that said that I never knew you, that is the same note. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go for it. You ready? Gnosko. Oh, 
did it. That's that's how you pronounce it. It's gnosko. That is the same word that is the sexual inter intercourse. That is, so so I uh, you know I know that we live in a day and time where uh, that engagement doesn't always have to be one where it's deeply intimate. You know you can I don't want to get too in detail, but. And it actually is something that there is an exchanging of, there's an exchanging of two people and it is very, very close. It is, it's tender, it's sensitive, it's all the things that, it's that great exchange between us and God. And so what is really interesting is that the people said that they cast out demons, they prophesied, but God never knew them. And so get away from me, depart. So it's possible for us to step out in miracles. But if we do not practice intimacy with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, then we actually are outside. We're operating in lawlessness. When we are asking and wanting the things of God without the intimacy of God, it's lawlessness. So see, there's this weird thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, it, it's this tandem thing. It's, it's this two, they work in perfect unity together. As I practice deep intimacy with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit, as I'm allowing him to have the, the very depths of who I am, I don't wear masks. I don't pretend to be something I'm not. I'm just who I am with him. I'm real. And whenever I practice that back and forth relationship with him, that actually begins to develop a connection that whenever I have that and I'm wanting to operate and extend his kingdom, that's a perfect bookends. That's a perfect bookends. And so we don't want to just want to operate in miracles while also not wanting to be deeply known by God. And we don't want to just be deeply known by God, but then not really need to practice in anything. Because honestly, if we're deeply known by God, then that will be the outflow that we will want to see God do miracles because that would be the way that he shows who he is. And so I, I really, I, I want to encourage you. And I know that we are all at different levels, but if you haven't, Learned how to practice intimacy with God. It is, there is nothing more important that you could practice. Nothing more important. And, you know, I know that you may not even know how to, because that's probably not, sometimes it's hard to have intimacy with people, much less, you know, if, if you're trying to do it with somebody that's not in front of you. But I really want to encourage you that if you begin to take some steps to allow him into the very depths of who you are, into the real inner workings of your heart, then it will begin to do something so deep and it does it so quickly that it will really be astounding to you. It really will be astounding. You know, it may just be, man, God, I just feel really mad right now. That may be the, the level that you need to talk to him at, but he will meet you there. He will meet you there. I promise you he will meet you there. When you do it in a place of true humility, wanting to know him, he will let you know him. He will introduce himself to you. He will do it. So, I, I love that Jesus modeled what is rightfully ours, but he made what was paramount, paramount, that the goal is to be with the Father, to be one with the Father, to be one with him, to be known by him, to be able to adequately express who he is to others. Ha, have it, has anybody like thought that y'all knew like about God and then like whenever you come to really know him you're like mm, wait a second what was that was not him that was not him at all it's important he wants for us to he wants for us to represent him well 
and there will be there will be a people that are true Christians that will make him known rightfully and we are those people yes i i want to um i want to uh just challenge us a little bit with the kind of mindsets or thinking that get in our minds about our our um the desire for uh, us to move out in signs and wonders and miracles that uh, not just the miracles, but also just your own personal power that you actually have something that the world needs around you, that you have something that, um, you know, God puts people in your path that only you have the thing that they need. You got it. You've got it at this level that you're at. You've got it for them. And so what mindsets get in the way of you being able to express the kingdom of God where you are? Because, see, we can't we can't put it all off on somebody else that has more years or, you know, more knowledge, you know, that they'll be the ones to talk to people. No, it's you. You're the one that came in contact with them. So it's you. Don't look behind you. You, It's you. What mindsets get in the way that keep you from stepping out in your God identities? Is it unbelief? Maybe that you don't believe it about you, or maybe no one's told you that, so you're oblivious. You can't say that anymore because I'm telling you tonight. So market is done. Now you know. You've got something. What mindset works against you being able to be the kingdom of God advancer in your world? Is it smallness? Tininess? Tiny, tininess? It's really cool. If you'll do a study, you know, you can't, reading the word is amazing. But if you want to really know it, and if you want to come in uh, contact with the word at a whole new level, start studying it, and you'll see it open up to you at a whole new level. But, you know, Jesus never did ever, 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 ever. He never, ever, 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 ever gave people clues or how to help them if they didn't get it right. I mean, like, you know, he's like, he's like, and what I mean by that is that he, he didn't say now, um, you know, they didn't, when, whenever they did come back and he, um, you know, basically said prayer and fasting that y'all needs to come out by prayer and fasting. He didn't, where I was going with that is that he never did say, well, if this doesn't happen, then you just go back and, you know, you try and catch it again later. No, he actually, he knew the power and the authority that he gave people and he expected them to move and walk in it. Whenever he sent out the 70, it was really interesting. I was reading about it. Whenever he sent them out, he never did say, well, if this doesn't happen, then come back later and I'll try and talk to you about it. No, he sent them out knowing that they were everyone that they came in contact with, they were going to heal them. They were going to cast out the demons. They were going to do whatever. There wasn't a, here, let's give them some different steps. They've, we've got like a six-step method. No, he said that the kingdom of God, the authority of God has been granted to you. Now go do it. Go do it. You go do it. You go do it. You know... Have, have Has anybody ever just prayed for somebody and it just flopped? You know, I mean, has anybody done it? Oh, you know, that's uncomfortable moments, those uncomfortable ones. Man, but do, does that, is that a stopper for you? Is that a stopper for you? Because if that's a stopper for you, man, the enemy doesn't have to do much to get you to do nothing. What is the stopper for you? Do you have a stopper? Do you have one? Or are you just on go? Are you on go? Are you, are you afraid of what you're going to look like? Are you afraid of that uncomfortable moment? 
I've had those uncomfortable moments, you know, whenever you're praying and you don't see anything happening and it's like, oh, but I'm still going to pray. And you just go back and you're like, man, God, that, uh, that didn't happen the way I really wanted it to happen, the way that I know can happen, the way that you've told me to do. You know, it's not, it's not some magical formula. We all, you know, that's something we all have to work out whenever it doesn't happen. But that doesn't ever give us the, um, the okay to not keep praying and believing for it to happen. We all have a, um, we have a mandate on our lives, and that's to see the kingdom of God advance. Whatever way you can make it advance, make it advance right now. Just start wherever you are, wherever you are, just start. And you'll see that you begin to grow in, um, in confidence and that you begin to, uh, think a lot, uh, on a gr bigger scale than what you're thinking in now. You know, one reason that Jesus was um, wanting us to um, walk in great power and authority is because he is, he is coming for a bride that is fully alive and that is dressed in white, is walking in power and authority because that is who will change society. That is who he, he is looking around for those that are going to step into their rightful places and be willing to risk looking like a fool, looking like whatever, to begin to keep advancing the kingdom. And he, he is after societal transformation. That is what he's after. In case you didn't know that, he's after societal transformation. And so I, I really, I feel this so strongly that, that, that people are looking for a God of power. They have, they have heard a God of judgment and just negativity, and they are looking for a God with power. And that is you. You are the one that are to represent him as a God of power. And even if, like I said, even if we're not good at it, we just have to practice. And, and we all have somewhere to start. Really, just right now, just ask him, where is a starting place for me to begin to grow in my authority? Where's the place for you? He'll show you. If you're real, if you want to know, he'll show you how to start growing in your authority. And in, in John 10, it said, Jesus answered them. He said, I have told you the truth already, and you did not believe me. The proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my Father. Down in 37, it says, if I'm not doing the beautiful works that my Father sent me to do, then don't believe me. But if you see me doing the beautiful works of God upon the earth, then you should at least believe the evidence of the miracles. Even if you don't believe my words, then you would come to experience me and be convinced that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. We, you know, Jesus, I just love that. Jesus is like, listen, believe in what I'm carrying. If you don't believe me, believe in what I'm carrying. Can't, whenever people look at your life, can they say that about you? Can they say you have fruit of your life that is marked that God did something in you and that there is something streaming from your life that only could happen by the works of God? Do you have that?
remember we're not we're not judging if we're if we're we're not looking at what we don't have right right we're not looking at what we don't have we're looking at at the small things we can go real small we'll just take this your time and intimacy with god in the morning when you get up from that place is it apparent that you encountered him or do you get up and start griping at everybody or do you get up and start texting and start gossiping what is your what is the product of the relationship that you're walking out with him does it have a fruit that jesus is like mm, give me some more of that sister i want to eat that is he doing that or is he like yeah no thanks that is not the fruit i want Live the kind of life that people come around you and they say, wow, you have encountered the king. You have encountered the king. You have encountered him. You smell like him. You smell like him by the way you love. You smell like him by the way you're patient. You smell like him by the way that you just don't get down. You don't get underneath things. You're not fearful. Begin to just practice where you are. Don't look at how you're not great at things. That's not how Daddy God looks at you. If you look at you on all the things that you don't do good, you're looking at it through the wrong lens. Man, Jesus and Daddy God look, and they're like, oh my gosh, did you see what she just did? That was amazing. That was so awesome. Like you've got to really begin to celebrate what you do right. And that will really grow exponentially in your ability to do bigger and greater things. I don't like it if we judge, if we judge ourselves based on what we're not doing good. It's just not, it's not a good measuring system. It's not a good one. So if, you know, you may be really great in some other, uh, in some areas, but in some other areas, eh, I could use some work. That's okay. Just be real. Talk to Daddy God where you are. This is an area of my life. It is not apparent that you are living your life through me, and I want it to. I want it to live powerfully through me. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to shift? We all have things right? I mean, let's be real. We all have stuff. And he, he is so good. He will show you how you can become more of an overcomer because he's already given it to you. He's already given you the ability to overcome and he can teach you how to overcome. That's his role. You don't get all cleaned up to prove something. He's the one that does the cleaning. Aren't you happy about that? Simple obedience if, if we choose to live a life of obedience, we will look down the road and we'll be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I got to where I am now. And it was only because I just obeyed what you said. If, if you ever find yourself stuck, chances are you didn't want to do something that he already said. And so then he's still waiting for you to move from your place and you know, he's not going to change it. He's not going to change the goal. And so how can you begin to practice obedience to move outside of places where you've been stuck? He'll show you. He'll show. If you feel stuck, you just ask him, where did I get stuck at? Your a road to obedience will lead you into walking in greater authority and power. But if you're not obedient, you won't be able to, to operate in the higher levels. If you love me, you will keep my commands. That's what he says over and over and over, over and over again. And... <clears throat> Thank you. 
And I just want to read this because this is just so powerful. In Luke 10, it says, um, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. However, say however, however. your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with those who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart to give these things to those who are like trusting children. That's a good word right there. That's a really good word right there. Jesus, we can just trust that anything he says, we can take it to the bank and cash it. It is 100% completely true all the time. All the time. All the time. So whenever you're out praying for people, remember, remember this, that you have been imparted authority to trample over the kingdom of darkness. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Say every power, every power. Satan, possesses. Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. He has given you the authority. Remember that all, all of darkness is afraid of you. Deathly afraid of you. Horribly afraid of you. If. 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 If you know your authority. It banks on you not knowing it. It banks on you getting afraid and getting under it. And if it does, then... It's robbed your authority. Because remember, Jesus took the keys from the enemy. He took them. They are no longer his. The only way that the enemy has any power is if he borrows yours. It's your authority that he takes and he uses it. That makes you mad, doesn't it? That makes me mad. I know that I know. I know I have given over my power and authority to the enemy more times than I'd ever want to think about. I know I have. I know it. I know that he will have just made a suggestion, just a beep, a little something. And I took it. Yes, that's absolutely true. And then before you know it, you know, rolling around in the dirt, in pity or fear or anxiety or whatever. And it, he had absolutely no authority to do that. I did it. I gave him my belief in what he said. We're children of light. We have nothing to do with darkness. Nothing. We have nothing in common with darkness. It, it, you know, I just know that, 
you know, God is really asking if we would be willing to step it up and really pay attention to where we give our authority. And you've got to know your own places, your own weaknesses. You know, if you have a really unhealthy talk about yourself, that's the enemy. And the enemy has taken the beautiful identity that God has given you, that you are his most prized possession, that he shaped you and he molded you. He loves all your curves, the ones that you don't like because they got too big. He loves them all. He loves your laugh. He loves your eyes. He shaped every part perfect. Your voice loves your voice. His favorite thing. He loves to hear your voice. If you have negative self-talk, you were telling him what you made was not good enough. How could you tell the creator of you he didn't make something good? That is the lie of the enemy. He just wants to try if he can just get you to just believe about yourself negative that he knows that will slant every other mindset that you have. Every one of them. Just the same is, you know, I've said this for a long time. If you want to walk in the gift of prophecy, but you have a negative talk, it's not going to work. It's not going to work because everything will get filtered by a dirty lens. And if you can't partner with him and the very foundational thing, his thoughts about you, then it's going to be really hard to be a spokesman for him because your foundation got messed up. How does the enemy rob you of your authority? If you don't know what the word says, if you don't know what your authority, what your authority is, well, you know, like we live in this time where you can have any Bible translation at your fingertips anytime you want. I'm afraid it won't work saying I didn't know. I don't think that one's going to work with them. I'm sorry. I don't think that one's going to work. He's going to say, but did you read my word? Did you read my word? Did you read my word? Did you read it? Did you listen? Where do you lose your authority? Remember, there is a world that is longing to see the demonstrations of sons and daughters that know who they are, know their authority, know their power, and they are not afraid to step in and believe it and walk in it and move in it. Whenever they don't get it right, they just keep moving forward. We don't do it right. Okay, that's 100. I mean, I can. I don't do it right. Can anybody say that? I mean, are we trying to act like we do it right all the time? Is that is that the goal here? Because I didn't get that memo. I didn't get it, but... You know, that the goal isn't perfection. It's just, will we keep pressing in? Will we just keep believing? Jesus, you said this was mine. You said I could do it. And so I believe you. I'm not good at it yet, but I believe you. I believe you with all that I am. We can't let our poor experiences dictate what we believe is true. So if, if we saw 10 people die of cancer, we can't say that it's not God's will to, kill, uh, to heal cancer. No, we just had some unsuccessful healings. That doesn't mean that he doesn't heal cancer. So just because if you've been praying and you haven't been seeing healing, that doesn't mean that it's just not for you. That's just for those with the healing gift. That's what I was brought up with. Only certain people could heal. And so then it was just like, okay, well, I don't have that because I don't see it. And so then that gave me a green light to not worry about it. Your family, just remember your family line 
God is wanting to do something in your family line, and it takes just one person. It just takes one person to stand up and say, no more. It stops here, and the kingdom of God will advance in my family line. My my, It's my line. I said it over mine. It is my line. My grandkids, my grandkids will not falter. They will know God. They will serve him. They will love him. They will know their identity. They will walk in power. They will take the land. They will do it. I will see it. They will do it. I claim it as mine, and I believe it. Generations are waiting for you to take your authority, to stand up and stake your claim. Because if not, the enemy is trying to. He's trying to stake the claim. So let me pray for us. So, Daddy, I just thank you. I thank you for what you've done. And I thank you that you are advancing, that you are advancing on the earth. And there is not anything that the kingdom of darkness can do to stop it that you are moving and that your church is expanding, that the beauty of your name will be seen, that the name of Jesus will be exalted above every name. And so, Jesus, I just thank you that you gave us the key. You gave us the power. You gave us the authority. And I just say, Jesus, may we be a people. May this tribe be the people that we have not one excuse, that we believe that we believe no matter what we believe, everything you said is true. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done. And Daddy, I just pray that there will not be any small thinking, that I just break that right now in Jesus' name. I break that smallness off and I say no That is not your mindset, and we just take your mindset tonight. We take it, and we own it, and we say, yes, we own it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.